0: Two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Hey, howdy-ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 381, your game preview of the Detroit Lions and Denver Denver Broncos. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I'm your dashing host, Chris. And with me is the par elegance co-host, Tony T.O. Ortiz. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, except for one small problem with the studio I'm in right now. It feels like the temperature continues to drop. So if you start seeing, you know, meat hanging behind me, you'll just know that we've gotten to freezer depth here because it's really cold in here right now. Oh
0: man, I'm sorry, Tone. I <laughs> will try to bail you out as soon as we can. <laughs> you know, if it, you throw the signal, blink fast, we'll get the fire department in there to let you out if we have to. All right.
1: <laughs> I might build a fire while we're doing this in here, so we'll <laughs> Might set off the smoke alarm, so who knows? That's good.
0: That'll be a nice, nice little show ad. Uh, <laughs> got a lot going on today. We're going to talk about the Lions and Broncos, preview that game, and uh, see what's going on after the Lions' big win. Can they can they win the season out? No. But we'll talk about what's going to happen against the Broncos. Uh, a little update against uh, St. Jude. Christmas for the kids. We are just less than a week away from ending the auction. Got a lot going on there. Uh, injury report. Do we have
1: enough time to cover the injury report? It's, it's a long one this week, Tony. <laughs> I think we have just enough time if we start now to finish the injury report by 8, 39 o'clock. <laughs>
0: we'll have game predictions and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Tony, are you ready to go, my man? I am ready. Let's kick this off and break it down.
1: All right, we'll get right into this.
0: Nothing's going to stop us now. We've got to win. All right, uh, the Lions or the Broncos. These teams, the poor you talk about a, a rivalry between two teams. The years and years and many matchups that they've had. Um, oh wait, no, wrong page. Sorry. Oh, the teams have met thirteen times. <laughs> That's last, it. Yeah, just thirteen times. The last time wow. was with the Matt Patricia Lions in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. um the lions are behind in the series a a frustrating eight and five okay. um we lost the last two and then only two out of the last four there's this mm-hmm. weird alternating like two wins two losses kind of thing back till 1987 and then we we lost more than we won ahead of that um never tied the broncos our first game was in 1971 when did they come become a
1: a, a franchise to gosh I, they were one of the original eight yeah. of the afl back in 1960
0: yeah 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 so it's it's interesting that we didn't meet until 71 lions won well, that matchup 24 to the, yeah. the merger didn't happen until 70 so there you yeah, go yeah okay yeah you're right okay sorry um That's okay. i don't know what i was thinking tone <laughs> I, i'm still at Berg. i'm still at miller's <laughs> There you go. <laughs> what a great time. Uh, total points scored, the Broncos are at 286, the Lions at 277, with a gap per game of less than seven-tenths of a point. That's uh, pretty close games. Uh, the, the last game was only a three-point game that they played in 2019. Um, we think about memories, and, Tony, I know you'll share this one. My biggest and probably my favorite memory um, of the Lions and Broncos is Stephen Tullock doing the Tebow yeah. Neal in 2011 after that sack that was that was that's one of those moments there's there's not a lot of moments as a lions fan you know maybe a win in 2021 but where you can really stand up and say man the team really did it put the stamp on it and man did they put the uh, steven talk put the stamp on it back then when the the tebow thing was big
1: (laughs) he really did and you know what i remember being in the locker room after that game chris and let me say that Tullock was one of the players that was not all that impressed by Tim Tebow or what the Denver Broncos were doing at that time. Not very impressed. So that was an interesting locker room to go through. And that was in the midst of a really, really good season for the Lions. I have one other Broncos Lions memory. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it goes back to 2007 in 2007, the Lions and Broncos played in Detroit and 44 to seven was the final score. I remember Sean Rogers intercepting a pass and scoring a touchdown in that game. That was the high point of that team because they were six and two after that went over Denver and they lost seven of the next eight and ended up finishing the season seven and nine. Oh, man. (laughs) But that one game, that one game was Sean Rogers just setting the, the table as maybe one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL yep. and he played so well that whole defense played well. They just completely shut down Denver and six and two. There were, there were a couple of Lions players who thought the media was all full of it because nobody believed in Lions at six and two and they went one and seven, the rest of the they way. They proved them right. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: And it's I, the thing that I hate the most with the, the change to the 17 game season. I'd like more football. That's just, that's who I am. I love more football. <laughs> I just really dislike that we can't hang on to the Jeff Fisher 7-9 BS quote because every time I think of 7-9 <laughs> records, I, I think of Jeff Fisher.
1: <laughs> I'd forgotten about that quote. That's a good
0: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, speaking of Tim Tebow and the old Lions, um, mm-hmm. tough news came out, broke yesterday during the game. Uh, ben Albright, guy we talk to every year at the Senior Bowl, um, good good friend of Riz and a guy I've gotten to know a little bit, uh, he broke the news on Demarius Thomas passing. Um, I've heard a little bit about it. It was a health issue based on that came out of a, uh, I think it was a 2019 car accident he had and, mm-hmm. um, 33 years old, far, far too young for, for him to to be not with us anymore. Um, Tim Tebow, though, this is the, the big segue. He, he had a, a quote for him, said, uh, woke up and saw the really devastating news about my teammate and friend Demarius Thomas. Uh, so many are going to remember him for his athletic ability, but I'll be remembering him for his kindness, his smile that would light up a room and the love that he had for those in his life. A very
1: well-respected player around the league. Yeah, he was. And you talked about the 2011 game in Denver. The offensive coordinator at the time for the Broncos in that game was Adam Gates, who would later go on to become the head coach of the Miami Dolphins in the New York Jets. I got to know him pretty well when he was here with the Lions. And we were talking during the pregame And, you know, sometimes you hit opposing coaches or if you know somebody from opposing team, just to see, you know, what player stands out or what. And I remember bringing up he brought up Demarius Thomas out of nowhere because I was talking about, okay, you know, who's standing out. And he said, listen, Demarius Thomas, you got to watch out for this kid. This kid is the best. He said he's got the talent. He's got the personality. He's got the attitude. He just needs a little bit more seasoning. But this guy is going to be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And I remember going with that quote during the game And then watching Demarius Thomas play well He's one of the few Broncos who played well in that game In 11 against the Lions And I just remember always I always remember what Adam said Because every time you saw Demarius Thomas You just saw him get better and better and better So that is a talent who will definitely be missed
0: Absolutely, absolutely Far, far too young for to lose anybody I just hate the, yep. hate the stories like that when they come out um, Poor guy Mass wishes thoughts with his family and friends. It's uh, it's a tough loss. Want to really hit really quickly. Run into Floundericious because there's never a good way to segue out of these kinds of things. Um, so <laughs> Floundericious, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Major shrinkage is what he came up with. Um, not related to that, but uh, there you go. Um, I, I remember at work. Oh gosh, this is I, this is you know the just out of the kind of um, you know the announcement of someone's passing. I was going to present to a different part of the company, a new service, new bunch of stuff that we were working on. And it was like a kind of big event. And before I went, they um, went into a kind of a dedication and review of somebody's life who had just passed the night before. Not a dry eye in the room. Everyone, I don't know these people, right? So I've, I've just... Uh, doing my thing, and then you know, going into this real elegant story of this person's life, what to remember of her, the whole thing. And then they're like, Okay, so with that, Chris, why don't you go ahead? How do you, how do you follow that? Yeah, oh my god. So, anyway, we'll try to do that. We'll uh, we'll talk about things that hurt the diamond. CBD Injury Report, brought to you by Diamond CBD, cbd CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com Pain, anxiety, and insomnia, all taken care of directly via their CBD products. If you want to buzz along with the relief head on over to their active cbd or delta 8 depending on where you're at uh active cbd is very very similar to delta 8 except it's legal in all 50 uh good stuff there uh be responsible always start with one um we have a story of a gentleman in the the slack who we he he knew he should start with one waited 45 minutes didn't think it was he felt anything had another one but another 20 minutes so now we have one more and it was a number of hours we were watching him and and chatting and and getting the reports of his sensations for a couple hours in the uh in the slack (laughs) so one to start see what it does for you and then afterwards you know you can you can use them accordingly diamond cbd cbd Com. All right, I'm going to call the 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 more, I'll call them like the hard injury report players because okay. there's a sickness that's flying through and it's adding a whole lot of question marks along the way, but we'll get right to the, the hard ones first. Julian Aquara with an ankle is out. Mm-hmm. Jalen reeves maybin with a shoulder is out. That's a
1: tough one, but yeah. you've got one that's going to be even tougher here coming up.
0: DeAndre Swift with a shoulder is out. And... TJ Hawkinson with a hand is doubtful. That's not ideal.
1: <laughs> and there's one other that's interesting. Jamal Williams is not playing either. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I, he's not on their injury report. Jamal Williams is out.
0: He is not on the Lions. They didn't update their page with
1: Jamal Williams. LB. talk. Tell me more. Jamal Williams is out? Yeah, Jamal Williams is not playing. Now, let me double check and make sure that I'm not completely off my rocker here. Okay, but okay. there were reports that Jamal Williams is out. He was placed on the COVID 19 list by the Lions today, along with Tracy Walker. Oh, oh, ow. So the top two running backs for the Lions will not play on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Ow.
0: That's a lot worse. Major shrinkage is right, Flounder.
1: <laughs> wow! <laughs> then, then Tracy Walker and look no matter how much criticism he gets along with Will Harris nevertheless he is a starting safety for the Lions and plays a key role in that secondary so his loss is going to definitely be huge especially when you consider how good and how efficient the Denver Broncos passing game has been with Teddy Bridgewater a quarterback
0: and if you go into it I mean you've got Jamar Jefferson who was out ill with illness o- mm-hmm. earlier this week didn't practice uh, and finally Today, was a full practice. Um, How is he, you know, you you come off of a week of sickness. I mean, it wears you down. Holy cow. Um, I love this year. Tracy Walker has, you know, look, I think a lot of Tracy Walker's woes. He had a great year. I think a lot of the woes he had last year were a result of the scheme and and the coaching staff. They weren't Tracy Walker things. Early this year, he looked like a, a he, he looked really hurt. Inside he seems the last couple of games have been having more fun out there, been a bit a lot more pointed. He's having a great year though I mean he's as far as comparative last year to this year, right, I, I feel like he's on the right trajectory, and we'll get that Tracy walk we really really thought we were going to get after his rookie year next year. um God, I hate that, I hate that I did it. He's not there either.
1: yeah, the lions have now put four players just this week alone, I believe on the covid nineteen reserve list, including. The starting center, Evan Brown. So again, you're talking about some some key players that aren't going to play against the Denver Broncos. And on top of that, going to Denver is physically taxing on players because of the mile high atmosphere. And the fact of the matter is that it does take you a little bit longer to catch your breath. And you do seem to tire a little quicker in mile high. So I'll be very curious to see how the Lions respond. And look, Dan Campbell talked about it today, Chris, and he said, nobody feels sorry for the Lions. And, you know, it's an opportunity for some players deeper on the depth chart to move up next man up mentality as it is. But it's it's a lot to ask a team coming off their first win with roster depth issues to have those players step up and replace some key players like Jamal Williams who are not going to be able to play against the Broncos, who, by the way, still have a lot to play for.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. And this is I mean, we're already at the next man up level, right? I mean, this is this is this is a tough blow for the Lions. We'll talk about, you know, what the effect might be. Um, Let's really quick touch off on. Did you did you happen to find anything on uh, Jamal by chance?
1: Yeah, that is COVID-19 list. He was placed on the list today by the Lions, along with Tracy Walker. Uh, the
0: interior and exterior offensive line, basically the offensive line was destroyed with illness. I'm going to go on those who didn't or had limited practice and fall under uh, sure. c- under uh, questionable today. Here we go. <clears throat> we got <laughs> Michael Brockers, Austin Bryant, Charles Harris, Jonah Jackson, Aleem McNeil, Matt Nelson, Levi Anzarike, Riley Patterson, John Penasini, Penay Sewell, uh, Big V, (laughs) Nick Williams, (laughs) Alapalutavity, almost, almost, Alapalutavity, Vadi, Vitae. 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 yeah, Yeah. there you go. I I got, you just, it's play that funky music, white boy, that's it. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so those are all the folks that are questionable, Uh, gentlemen that were um, dinged up or uh, sick. Uh, earlier, Rashad Berry, Taylor Decker, Jared Goff, Wild Holden, Jamar Jefferson, Tony Kramer, and Jesse Lemonier <laughs> uh, are all full practice. Uh, all of them except Goff didn't practice on Thursday. Goff was full practice on Thursday. Now, the big hope is Jared Goff. He was so he played Sunday. He didn't practice on Wednesday uh, mm-hmm. and was full practice from Thursday. So hopefully the. You know, getting through this illness is is a quick move, and they can play through it or, or get well quickly between now and the and game day. But playing that mile high, I mean, my big it was it was meant as a funny, but my big thing is if you ever golfed in Denver, you hit a ball. I always had to go down three clubs, right? I mean, because the ball sails with that thin air so far. I was like, golf is going deep, boys. This is his game, right? But yeah. now he's got nobody with any lungs to run that far. <laughs>
1: Chris, that uh, announcement is official. The Lions did release something earlier today that said that Tracy Walker and Jamal Williams have been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Earlier this week, Evan Brown and Bobby Price were also placed on the list. So that's four players, basically, that the Lions will be without going into the game Sunday because of COVID-19. And that is a concern that Is it just limited to those four or now do you have to start worrying about the possibility that more players in the next 24 to 48 hours before the game against Denver are going to test positive for COVID-19?
0: This is why we have this injury report sponsored by... Diamond CBD, <laughs> you can get express delivery, com, and you can take care of yourself ahead of the game on Sunday because, God, we're going to need it. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the The Broncos are in pretty good shape. They've got P.J. Locke and Mike Boone, who are uh, reserve COVID-19, um, but and three guys that are questionable. Bradley Chubb, uh, mm-hmm. Shelby Harris, and Melvin Gordon are questionable. Otherwise, they are fully healthy and full practice. Each of those were limited practice today.
1: Yeah, that which is really odd, because if you think about it, outside of the limited practice guys, most of their roster was able to practice. So they're going into this game probably as healthy as they've been since the start of the season. And the Lions are coming into the game against the Broncos as banged up and as sick as they've been pretty much worse than anything all year. So it it, and Vegas, by the way, and we'll get to it as you will talk about, they responded to the news very quickly.
0: Yeah, I made my bet before I left Michigan. I'm not happy.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the I, hamburger
0: I, was good though, wasn't it? It was delicious. I've really got to quit. Uh, the, I only, I gamble really, really small amounts and the money, it, it's it little, you know, it doesn't matter, but it's the frustration. factor. <laughs> it shouldn't make you unhappy. <laughs> but? But here we are. Uh right We've got a quick look at the weather. 57 degrees, partly cloudy kickoff, and no calls for precipitation. So right. this is going to be, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like the games we've played in inclement weather have kind of led in our favor a little bit. But if we don't have any running backs or we're limited at running back, maybe we need to be able to see Eric Goff air this out and and get it to the the quick guys on the outside. Without Hawkinson, though, oh God, we're going to have to see some, some fellas step up here.
1: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you do offensively. I mean, you're going to have to rely on the running game. And Dan Campbell's done that since he's taken over as the offensive play caller, Chris. So the running game will factor into this to this game. But I'm just kind of curious, how effective will that running game be without your top two running backs? Can you put this game on Jared Goff's shoulders and can he win it for the Lions?
0: Yeah, this is and for me this whole game, when I think about the matchups, it's all about, can we score points? It's, it's all, it's, we saw that against Minnesota. The fact that we scored the points is what, did it. The, the the defense has been what's kept us in games. I think it's gonna be a little bit more problematic with so many guys in the defense out or hurt or sick or coming off of being sick. Um again in the thin air it's gonna to be tough for them to to keep their their breath. As Dan said in his presser today, we'll have oxygen on the sidelines, right? And and trust me, they'll be using it. But um it's it's going to be a game of whether or not we can score enough points to stay in it uh versus keep their their uh their scoring down and um, it's, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be different probably than most of the games if it's not a blowout.
1: <laughs> I agree. And look, I, if I'm Vic Pangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, Chris, I'm running the ball on the Lions. I'm going to force them into a game where they have to shuttle players in and out. I'm going to try to wear down that defense, force them to, to go to their depth and then not leave a whole lot of time for the offense and force the offense to basically try to play catch up because if they can do that, if you do that as Denver, you've got the advantage just simply because the Lions are so worn down because of the flu bug and because of the injuries that they've been going through this week. There is one secret weapon the Lions have.
0: And they mm-hmm. it it, 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 it peaked out of the, you know, out from behind the curtain. Thank you, Mike Hodges, for reminding me. Um it peaked out from behind the curtain in the Minnesota game. Um, superstar future Hall of Famer Brock Wright. Uh, The potential for him to fill in for the missing TJ Hawkinson. Look out world. We are going to be, we're going to have two amazing tight ends by the end of this season.
1: I hope you're right because Brock Wright, no pun intended with that, is going to be the guy who's going to be on the spot if TJ Hawkinson doesn't play. We're going to find out very shortly if Brock Wright is as good as he showed last week against Minnesota if he's the next Jerry Jacobs a guy who just needed a shot, or if he's just another Lions tight end. Yeah. Did you see the presser today when Dan
0: was talking about how they came up with that play? Like how yes. they workshopped it together? That, I mean, and I'm just going to hit it. You guys know I do this, right, when I talk about this. But that right there is that servant leadership. That is the teamwork that they talked about. And I go back to when uh, Dan and Brad were, you know, first announced, who's in charge? Is it Rod Wood making the football decisions? Like, no, we all are. No, it can't be. Who's in charge, right? And people didn't get it. This, This is truly it. This is the admission that we are. This um stronger as a whole than the sum of our parts, and this idea and like it, as and if you haven't seen the presser, I probably should have grabbed the audio to play it here, and I didn't I apologize, but Dan talks about the steps they went through to create that play, and there's been a lot of that type of thing we talked about it wednesday um you're seeing Ben Johnson basically get his he's the one guy that's got a shot internal yes, as yep. offensive coordinator for the team next year um he's in his interviews. You know, his live fire interviews right now uh, for doing that and the work that he's doing and designing these plays. They've been, you know, uh, Dan and he have been working on these things since uh, since the uh, the bye week uh, Add of jo- the out of Josh Reynolds to stretch the field and change the way uh, the defense plays us a little bit. Has re- we've seen some of the fruits of that? This is a tough week. I hate that it just was so many guys hurt that we're we're bound to have a regression. Um, through no fault of the work they've done, it's just another kick in the teeth for these guys who probably deserve better. But I think the um, the uh, resiliency that they've shown and that they've built in is something. If I look at old Lions teams, right? We talked about this at, at, at Miller's, and we all got together in uh, when they picked up the flag at Dallas. That game wasn't yeah. over. That game had that didn't lose. We lost the game after that. But you saw, and Tony, you described what you saw on the players' faces. When that flag was picked up, you could see that's, here we go again, right? Exactly. What's happening right now is that here-we-go-again kind of mentality and that, oh, we've got time to give up. I think he's getting beat out of the team right now. With the culture that the coach is building, this win came probably at the best possible time. Had it come early in the season and they grew, lost out the rest of the way, I think the faith would have really been shaken. But they've been, they've seen it, and they've stuck with the, the coach and stuck together as a team that this resiliency is such that uh, – and, and now with this, I think this is really going to help the team in the long term – So that when they wind up in that situation where they pick up a flag again, Mm -hmm. the team doesn't have that here we go again. They have that we can overcome kind of mentality.
1: That's a great point, Chris. And here's another thing. When you were talking about the Dan Campbell press conference when he was describing that play, it takes a head coach who from day one has said, I don't have all the answers, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have all the answers. So he's willing to lean on his staff. He's willing to lean on his players. He's willing to lean on the advice of others. We have seen head coaches before who have come through Detroit who have basically said, it's my way, and it's my way, and I'm not going to veer from my way. And it's good, and it's refreshing to have a head coach in Dan Campbell who's willing to take advice and information from others and use it as part of his game plan. I like the fact that he was willing to show how they came up with that play and that it just wasn't something off the top of his head, that it was from the information from the input that he got from other people. And I love that. I love the fact that he's like that. And he showed his
0: ability with X's and O's very in a very succinct, very quick kind of peek behind the curtain. He showed people that there's, there's a lot to how he does that and how they do that. I love it. I love
1: that. And, uh, that go ahead. And Chris, i would tell you what I love for the most part, A lot of the play calls that Dan Campbell has had since he's taken over. I love the emphasis on the running game, which is something that the Lions haven't done in a long time. I love the fact that they bring out the big jumbo package on some running downs. And I love the fact that they've done play action out of those jumbo packages. I love the emphasis on the strength of this team, which is the running backs. And I think that's something that was missing at least early in the season. Now, granted, that's going to be tested on Sunday without Jamal Williams and without DeAndre Swift. But I'm curious to see how this works out for Dan Campbell. But so far, so good. And look, you can question some of those fourth down decisions. That one fourth down play against Minnesota is to this, maybe one of the ugliest plays I've seen in a long time in <laughs> Lions football. <laughs> and almost lost them the game. But for the most part, I've been satisfied with the more emphasis on the running game. And I've been satisfied with the way that Dan Campbell has made decisions in play calling. Not all of them have been great, but a lot of them, I, I think, have been necessary. I think about this too. How they handle these things. You talk about the
0: teamwork in, in, amongst the coaching staff and the and the, the the attitudes in the locker room. What other team in the NFL could effectively sideline their offensive coordinator that early in the season and mm-hmm. not have a massive Division and breakdown amongst the staff, right? You think about—I mean, I know there was another group that was literally shedding tears about Braden Coombs when he got fired uh, for what he did last year, right? And but the, the the division and the and the drama that came out of that and everything else that happened—can you imagine had had, uh, had uh, Patricia sidelined Bevel early in the season, right? And knowing, especially, it's a—it seems like a Patricia move doing that ahead of him being fired like knowing that that was coming creating a situation where now do you can you put bevel in as the interim as a way to kind of save his own skin and and really set the lines up in a a terrible position I just don't know any other team that could have kept the the team you know kept the band together without the the dysfunction that comes from that sort of thing Anthony Lynn has handled it masterfully Dan Campbell's handled it masterfully Um, it wasn't working they all recognized it wasn't working, and they said, we're going to go ahead and make changes and make it work. And, and I'm just impressed with how, they, how they've been able to handle that.
1: Now, there have been little cracks. Every once in a while, Anthony Lynn will say something, and you kind of get the impression that he's not really happy about what happened, but he's okay as long as the team continues to play better. He's a team guy. It's funny. There were two offensive coordinator changes recently. New York Giants fired Jason Garrett, and Joe Brady got fired by the Carolina Panthers. And I watched those very closely because, Chris, if you look, there were some players on both of those teams who came out and questioned, openly questioned, why exactly these offensive coordinators were gone. Not so much in Brady's case in Carolina, but definitely in New York. Yep. But yep. here, and again, Anthony Lynn hasn't been fired. He's still part of the decision-making process, but as you said, it's Dan Campbell who's making the, the, um, the calls here. It's been relatively drama-free, and that's a good thing to see with this ball club. Because in the past, past Lions teams, if this had happened, Uh, Joe Lombardi Um, there would have been some hand-wringing
0: yeah yeah absolutely I mean the reason Jim Bob Cooter had his last year in Detroit was at the behest of Matthew Stafford correct right you had players directly influencing coaching decisions like that none of that happened here there was nothing and and look it's not that he's universally hated Right. No. Aelin's <laughs> a-, a-, a good guy. A lot of people like Aelin. He has a lot of value. Right. It just wasn't working in the scenario that we had. And they made changes. And, they, and the, the, the end result was um, ongoing cooperation, ongoing teamwork. You get removed from a, from a role like that very publicly, like where you have to stand in front of the media once a week, where you used to stand in front of a more it stings no matter who you are. It's hard to take, right? You're, there's the, It's it's one of those things, and especially so publicly. For, he's handled it well. I think he's handled it really well. They all have.
1: And I'll give Lynn credit. He does still appear in front of the media each and every week, Chris, yep. as, he, as offensive coordinator. He still is up there. He's still answering questions. He's still got great answers for the media. And again, he could be bitter. He could say, you know what? Since I'm not calling the plays, I don't have to do it. But he hasn't done that. So I've been impressed at least by that end of it. Yep. And the fact yep. of the matter is he didn't go off the pout in the corner or didn't he's handled this better than maybe i would have maybe a lot of people would have and i'll give him credit for that
0: yep um so anyone who's even had the incl- inclination this season that the uh, the coaching staff has lost the team, they haven't lost the coaching staff or the team. You're, you're, you're all wrong on that. And this is this bodes well for the future of the Lions because no matter who you are, I don't care if you're the look at the Patriots this year. You go over, you go through some tough spots, right? In the New England, you go through some tough spots. Green Bay's had some tough, you know, some, some tough times this year as well. It's how do you react? How do you come back from those things? The Lions traditionally, as a, as you know, as a fan, you sit there, you say, "Yep, here it comes." That's I hear that from everybody to a person. Oh, here we go. We know what happens next. They're going to fold, and they do. And they know it. We know it. This this is this is a this is a change in how this team handles these things.
1: Now, I'm not letting Dan Campbell off the hook completely because there were some decisions he's made in the last few weeks. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, yep. especially last week against Minnesota, where you're like, "What are you?" Thinking yep. and that fourth down play against the Vikings. I go back to that, but for the most part, he's done a good enough job in calling the offenses where the lions have still been competitive. By the way, do you hear what Teddy Bridgewater said this week about uh, Dan Campbell? I did not. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater who played in new Orleans in 2018 and 2019 when Campbell was the tight ends coach. Um, he basically said, look, when Dan Campbell finished talking to the team, You basically wanted you were fired up. You wanted to go out, punch somebody in the face. You didn't know why, but you just wanted to do that after Dan spoke. And he said he has a lot of respect for Dan Campbell. And again, we've heard all year guys who have played for Dan Campbell or guys who were in New Orleans or Miami at the time Campbell was there come out and said how much they enjoyed playing for dan campbell and how much they liked playing for dan campbell
0: yeah yeah absolutely he's he's done it he's done a great job he's look there's a lot of youth playing this year he's one of he's youth if you think about it he's part of that youth movement it's his first year as a head coach he's sure. gonna learn the bottom line is folks and uh gmac cash is his uh is his twitter handle he put it in words best for us when he said
1: because the lions
0: Awesome! One of the greatest additions to the music genre this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into the odds, the game lines. Brought to you by Amazon. Amazon Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over to all your holiday shopping. Shop for yourself first. Don't don't let the love of others get in the way of decadence and indulgence shop for yourself first and then take care of everyone else amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com get all of the great stuff you want from there. prime prime video all that stuff and uh, they got all they got anything you need they really do amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com when you go there it puts a cookie in your browser you go right to the site it just lets them know we sent you and it takes a little bit of money out of bezos pocket and he puts it in our pocket so we can keep doing the great things that we keep doing, like going to Miller's once in a while. All there right. Go. <laughs> Let's take a look at where Vegas is. The spread. This is interesting. I, I, I checked this literally an hour ago. The spread's mm-hmm. only minus 10 for the Broncos. That's up,
1: though, from what it was at the beginning when of the week. When I bet. Which was minus 8.
0: <laughs> when I bet. Yes, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you got 8, right? Or it was 8? Yeah. 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 When you bet, Yeah. yeah.
0: And the money line, we look. The Lions are plus three sixty. Woof! Big return, big return, That's a huge return. Yeah. And the Broncos are minus four ninety, which I think tells you all you need to know. Um. Yep. Look, if you if you get a wild hair, the money line for the Lions is probably a and, and you don't and you really you, know, you got a wild hair and you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a couple bucks on that money line for the Lions, because boy, that return looks nice. But I, I don't think I'm I'm going to touch either one of those
1: now uh, I touch one of them not the money line i might not touch the other one the actual spread eh, i might touch that one there you go there you go well at you, 10 yeah
0: tony's tony's not known for his touching i'll just let you all know
1: um <laughs> yeah last time i had to go to human resources but that's a whole other story
0: over under i was i was pretty impressed on this especially i i that's why i checked the weather and, and said he mm-hmm. should really add this as a part of it um it's only a 42 and a half.
1: You know what? That's about right. Really? With, I'm, these, two, with these two teams, that's about right. Mm, I'm taking the over because as you talked
0: about, you said they're going to run the ball in the Lions. I I know they don't have a great quarterback, but I feel like with just the decimated um, defense the Lions have the, the and and where the team is, the inability to run the 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 lack of you know ability to throw downfield that Goff has shown throughout the season. If I'm scouting them as the Broncos, I want to get up early. I want to put pressure on the team early and put them I in agree. a position where they have to come back. I'm throwing the ball and I'm scoring some points. I feel like the over on this one is is where I'd want to be.
1: See, the only problem I, I I understand that completely, but if I'm Denver, I just want to wear the Lions down, wear that depth down. You know, force them to go to a bench and force them to go to some younger players who don't normally get a chance to play key minutes like they would against the Broncos on Sunday. If you wear down that front line and that could open up the door for you to get some late points, a lot of late points, if you can wear them down. To me, it's the key is attrition. They've got to be able to wear the Lions down based on everything we've seen with the injury report, with the illness, wear them down. Don't let them stay in the game. Don't give them a chance to to get comfortable that's fair Wear them down.
0: that's that that's Wear them down. that's fair i think you're right and you're gonna see i this is where my betting brain my heart and my brain did diverge Uh-oh. when we get to the predictions <laughs> what's your game prediction for the score here tony <laughs> you
1: know what i'm gonna go with 24 17 denver so that'd be under the 42 and a half and also listen i would take the lions with 10 points in this game because i just don't think the broncos have the type of offense that can put up a lot of points on the lions or most NFL teams. And I just think with all of the injuries without Williams, without Swift, the lions are going to be hard pressed to really score a lot of points. Um, I think the key is the fact that Denver is healthier. It's a home game for Denver. And there's a whole lot that they're playing for right now. They're still in the playoff race, in the AFC and Vic Fangio, their head coach, his fate and his future have yet to be decided. We're we've said this a lot this year with the lions head coaches, whose necks are on the line. And losing to the Lions does not exactly look great on that resume. Mike Zimmer not included. Um, to oh. me, there's a lot more for the Broncos to play for than the Lions at this point. The Lions will be valiant. They'll give it a game try. But ultimately, they fall short in Denver 24-17. I'll say this much. If this game was at Ford Field, Chris, I'd give the Lions a shot at an upset. I don't think they can pull it off on the road. Interesting.
0: All right. So I still think the you can put a fork in Mike, Mike Zimmer. I think he's done. You lose to the Lions. You're done this year, period.
1: Um, I think he's got a chance to survive after what I saw last night against Pittsburgh and the fact that they once again are back in the playoff race there. You know what? Minnesota's like Freddie and Jason. I know, but they're like Freddie and Jason. You can't kill them, Chris. They come back to life when you least expect it. It's Mike Zimmer with a Captain Kirk mask, you know?
0: (laughs) That's great. I like that. That's great. (laughs) All right. All right. So, let me with with that. I'm going I'm going to hold on. I'm going to give you my prediction and then we're I want to go back to something cuz the chat brought up a great point. Sure. My prediction is straight for the under. Um, okay. I'm looking at the Broncos 24 and the Lions 9. I just don't see the offense being able to generate the points this time, this week. I think they're 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 too hurt I think mm-hmm. the the decimated defense is going to have a hard time lack of the key runners in the running game no TJ Hawkinson puts right. them in a really really difficult position. I don't know that they're going to be able to to get the ball downfield and score touchdowns. I think with the thin air they're going to be able to kick some field goals <laughs> and I think that's where they're going to land with those 9 points. So I, I it's unfortunate. I'm still going to ride that again that that um that win against Minnesota that mm-hmm. that really did a lot for me. It 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 just inflated me felt made me feel real good. And I mean, everywhere I drive, I got my windows down and you can hear want a
1: game. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> just, just <laughs>
0: over and over and over. It just feels so good to say
1: that. <laughs> All right. True story. My son, as I was coming in the house and Jordan, by the way, says to say hello to you, Chris. Oh, hey, Jordan. How you doing, buddy? I uh, was a little upset that he couldn't get hamburgers, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I wish you would have come. Darn it. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I thought about bringing him, but it's like, ah, eh, no. Anyway, I get in the house after getting off work. And he greets me at the door. Keep in mind, he's a twenty-five-year-old boy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he greets me at the door. The Lions won! <laughs> ah! And I'm like, dude, really? You're twenty-five. Stop. <laughs> so it was interesting. <laughs> oh
0: man, my wife and son were just so excited. They 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 just kept and
1: dad's there right now. Like it's so <laughs> excited that I was there and I could have that
0: experience. And that's the thing. I mean, when you get I'll say to my age, Tone. when you get to my age, you'll understand it, but yeah. you'll, you'll understand it's about the experience so much more than the thing. And it was just such a great experience, but all right. Um, I want to talk about quickly. Well, I want to get into that topic from the chat here real quick in a second. Yeah. I want to talk about the a couple new pieces of merchandise at the Detroit Lions podcast store. Some really, really good stuff. We have, we have, a cabin suitcase, a carry on suitcase that fit. It's a perfect size, the maximum size, but, for any of the the um, the airlines out there, it's a carry on. It's got the the Sweet Lions podcast logo on there. It's a very very nice high quality piece, and it is um, exceptionally well priced. I think you guys will love it. We've got some rally towels that we've put out there, some nice. can koozies, and the can koozies are good for the slim cans for all you folks that like the uh, the seltzers. <laughs> but they also expand to fit the standard twelve ounce can as well, so they can can suit su- serve a dual role. And then when they fit bottles like this, they can. They'll fit in oh, there cool. as well. Okay. Yeah. Um and then I the, said the rally the rally tells that. And we got a a new shirt uh with the Detroit Lions uh podcast Fractal Lions logo. Um okay. the headphones have been updated, looks great, and it's a much softer material. All our shirts so far have been that heavier kind of uh like not the Haynes beefy tee, but one just very much like that. And um this is very, very soft, that very supple kind of caress your skin kind of. Uh, lighter fabric that you guys love. So check it out. Detroit lions com slash store. Good stuff there. All right. Let's see. The question is, is about the fourth down call and mm-hmm. folks are, are are thinking about, so where is Tony criticizing? Because if you think about it in, in, you know, the retrospective view or in retrospect that it, it could have been one of the greatest calls of the year with the way things turned out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or is Could've it been. the play itself that was called was not what you like? Did you like going forward on fourth down, but not the play? Or did you just hate the call altogether?
1: Walk us through that a little bit in your thinking. I hated the play because it was, if you're going to do that in that situation, you got to call a better play than what they did. And as it turns out, Jared Goff got sacked. Minnesota got the ball deep in Lions territory, and they were able to push it forward. I also hated the call in that situation because it would have been an easier thing to do and the better thing to do, punt and play field position. Your defense was playing decently at that point. Why not turn it over to your defense? Let your defense at least try to stop Minnesota. And if you punt the ball in that situation, you do eat a little bit of time off the clock, which was also critical. Now, look, did it work out well in the end? Yes, it did. But Again, if I'm making that call, if I'm the head coach making that call, that's a punt on fourth down. And I turn the game over to my defense that way with what they did. They turned the ball over. Minnesota had the ball deep in Lions territory. They were able to score. And that whole game could have turned on that fourth down. play. And technically, it did kind of turn on that fourth down attempt. But that was just one that was it was a gamble that was unnecessary at that situation.
0: Now, how much do you think the Chicago game where we punted with eight minutes left and never saw the ball again weighed on Campbell's because, right, there's this the, the, this weird play. That the lions, not the lions, that happens in football where you let the other team score, and then sure. it's gotten to the point where running backs and players will fall short of the, the goal line and not score on purpose, so, right? To 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 create this this odd dynamic of of you know the defense and the offensive play are playing opposite roles, defense pulling guys into the end zone, the whole thing. Um, that punt lets gives them the ball, lets them march down the field, and sure. get the field goal and win.
1: Is that's this, the danger with yeah. that play right there? Yeah, yeah. if you punt. If you decide to punt and not go for it on fourth down, yeah, they can run the time off the clock. They could go on a long drive, win the game that way. But I didn't have the confidence in Minnesota's offense that they were going to be able to do that with a longer field. Shorter field that you gave them, yeah, they're going to be able to take that in and score. A longer field, I wasn't 100% convinced that, especially with Dalvin Cook not running the ball. And yeah, I know they ran the ball decently against the Lions. But without Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins was struggling at times he was inconsistent in that game against the lions they didn't have adam Thielen, who was out of the game with the ankle injury so it was just justin jefferson who was their main target i might have taken my chances that way with a longer field as opposed to the shorter field that the fourth down situation allowed them to have
0: and it's it's a it's a, a series of a pair of really really bad choices that dan had to deal with right one trusting the defense after what happened in chicago right sure and they only needed a field goal to win oh god that's tough Or trust Jared Goff to do what he hasn't done even once this season, and what he hasn't shown the ability to do this season, and let him—you know—you take him in, you give him let him score, you take the time that's left, and you march the team down the field. He hadn't shown that ability. The team, the offense, the receivers hadn't shown the ability to do that. We really hadn't shown the ability to stop Chicago. Eight minutes of game time chewed off to lose—that just—I know that probably just burned. There wasn't a good decision there. And and Dan took the one that that happened to work, and 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 you know what? In retrospect, I'm okay with it. In the moment, I uh, we were all and, felt the same way. Oh, I felt exactly <laughs> where you were, and everyone around me did. It was very, very, very vocal and unhappy. And uh, we <laughs> Sandman was sitting there, and he's just like, and "This is it." I mean, he was Sandman, such a a, a flat. Um, He's got a flat half. <laughs> yes, he, he doesn't get to too high and he doesn't get too low, right? He's just right. He's <laughs> he's been hurt so many times, right? He's okay. And he, he he was angry. He was he wasn't spitting mad, but he he was not too far away, right? This always this is it. And I was like, I feel you, man. I felt so bad for him, right? And then then the magic happened and, and it was it was just something. It was something. So in the that end awesome. it worked, but it was a pair of really, really bad, tough decisions that Dan had to choose between. So it worked out for him. I'm so happy it did.
1: Sorry about that. I was placing my order for dinner.
0: Oh, yeah, I got to do that next, too. My boy's gone now.
1: <laughs> the other thing, too, by the way, real fast with that, um, if it had come down to a field goal or if it could have come down to a field goal, I'm not 100% convinced, especially based on what we saw last night, Can't make that an Corey extra Joseph point. <laughs> would have. Yeah, Corey Joseph misses an extra point in a field goal. Now, granted, he did hit the other kicks he he did after that for Minnesota, but I wasn't 100% convinced that Corey Joseph was Justin Tucker. The second coming of Justin Tucker in that situation. But again, it worked out for the Lions. And Mike Zimmer needed to read a book, press coverage, press coverage for dummies to prevent what happened at the end of that game, because press coverage would have stopped Amon Ross St. Brown. The Lions
0: did that earlier this year. I've seen a number of teams do exactly this move. And it's like I (laughs) it took the Lions. You know, giving eight yards on when the, when I think it was the Bears needed three. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, giving up, giving up the first down. And then I started looking around the NFL and I'm like, wait, I'm seeing this a lot. Like press coverage for dummies is, it should be mandatory reading for coaches in the NFL this year because what in the heck is going on?
1: This is, here's the thing, it, it was. It was the goal line. I mean, the end zone was behind them. You guard the end zone. You don't play back in the end zone. You guard the end zone. You
0: don't want to get you, beat deep in the end zone, Tony.
1: <laughs> yeah, my God. You play press coverage. You knock the receiver off the route. You disrupt the timing. You don't let – you don't play back in the end zone. That's uh, – uh, it, it just was frustrating. That's as bad as the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary – from a few years ago yeah yeah you guard the end line you don't uh you don't drop people in the end zone you guard the end line it's it's, and then the funny thing is last night what's the first coverage they came out with in minnesota press coverage 101 yeah it's like wow if you had learned last week who knows all right,
0: all right. There you go. That's uh, that's look. I, I do want to tell you, like I said, we have that that wicked sweet merch. Go ahead and check that out at DetroitLinesPodcast dot com slash store. Um, we've got the post game show this week with the friendly neighborhood Sandman. We'll talk about yes. what happened in the game. It'll be, it'll be a little later because it's a four o'clock game, but. My wife's out. I can stay out late with the fellas and do the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Forgot it is a late game. Four oh yeah. five kickoff. Yes, yes. Uh, Wednesday podcast with Riz. Don't forget about Lions Nation Unite. Lions Herman Moore's awesome uh, app for the fans. It's available. Uh, the um, the. Apple Store, it's available at the Google Store, all the, all the places, Android, Apple, all the places you get your apps. Spectacular app, great group of people, great people. Great group of people running it as well. And they've partnered with us to do some great stuff. That's how we got tickets for these giveaways. That's how we've gotten a lot of the merch that we're doing, some of the stuff for St. Jude. Also, the St. Jude auction ends on Wednesday. It's so your last chance to get in on some really great items. We've got, you know, the um, a Colorado Ski House. A Ski House for seven right. nights. Oh, it's beautiful. $3,000 value sitting there at like 670 bucks right now. Well, 669.69 actually, but um, (laughs) it's, it's, it's our, it's our crew. (laughs) Our listeners are special. Awesome. Um, they sh- it should be 950-95, right? That's what it should be, Tony. That, there you go. I like that. <laughs> uh, we've got the dinner with Riz and I, and maybe you want to come, Tony, down at Prime Proper down in Detroit. We'll see what we can work out. Uh, great, okay. great steaks down there, just some of the best. Um, there's Jerry Jacobs jersey. There's a J- Jerry Jacobs signed ball. Jamal Williams, Penny Sewell signed balls. DeAndre Swift jersey signed balls. All kinds of great stuff. Head to auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get your bids in. 100%. Every single penny raised on those auction items will go directly to St. Jude. I'm handling all the administrative costs, everything. So get in there. And if you want to just donate directly and want to help out, it's stjude.org slash DLP. St. Jude.org slash DLP. We passed the $30,000 goal, yeah. the stretch goal. And I, I just want to say thanks again to everybody who's done that. It's, it means a ton. With the where the auctions are right now, we're at almost $65,000 raised in three years of doing this. Good. It's really something. Congratulations, Chris. Hitting the $30,000 mark means that I'm doing the Fat Boy 40, Tony. If that whole concept started on this show. <laughs> we're going to film it at the Senior Bowl. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going we're gonna to have some fun with it, and uh, it'll be good stuff.
1: So Make sure you send the footage right to my email box. Oh, yeah. You got it. It'll be right next yes. to the
0: Spider-Man picture. All right. <laughs>
1: i regret showing you that i don't
0: <laughs> it'll never <laughs> leave my brain i know i ha, we won't show it to anybody else right we have our fun little inside jokes and that is correct some outside jokes that are inside like the metrodome but other than that <laughs> that was good i like that all right with that we're gonna call it a show thank you again tony for joining me remember don't forget about us on patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast get access to the slack you get a little bit of Chris dust, as we call it. Some of the insider info that uh, the sources that Riz and I are breaking and making. And uh, you get to know a little bit of stuff. You get to know more stuff than comes out in the podcast. And a little bit of stuff before the before the podcast comes out with it. So it's a good, good place to hang out and some of the best people you'll meet. Also, follow us on Twitter at DETLionsPodcast. Go there right now. Open the Twitter app, DETLionsPodcast. Search us up. Give us a follow. And AJ Ortiz3. Get in there. Get him follows. He loves it. And as I the do. afternoon voice of 950 WWJ, News Radio 950, it is the guy that you want. And he's going to have all the good stuff all day long, the stuff that matters to you. So get in there and get following Tony. Totally. Make sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop up in your ears automatically. When it happens, we're right there. Subscribe, like, Hit the bell, all that stuff, you YouTube watchers. We appreciate you doing that. And thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we got Tony Ortiz and we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection.
1: Final seconds winding down and look at that. How Big is that, Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.